Welcome to the Chile Today podcast. I'm Bethany Francis. And I'm Alicia Lubin. We're two broads living abroad, broadcasting from Santiago, Chile. We explore Chilean news, cultural topics, travel, business, and more. The Chile Today podcast is the first ever bi-weekly English-speaking Chilean news podcast. Bethany, hi! Hi! How are you, Alicia? Um, you know, doing all right. There, there's been a lot going on lately. How are you? Uh, I'm making it. It, you're right. It's been, it's been complicated. I think uh, for our listeners at the top of the show, we just wanted to jump right in. And as to, as to gringas from the United States, we wanted to say very publicly that Black Lives Matter, that we are supporting the movement in the United States. Uh, we are not the people most qualified to talk about Black Lives Matter as to white girls from the United States, but we, we are listening, we are learning, we are wanting to do anything that we can to support the movement on our side with our voice in Chile. Um, and so we just wanted to say that. Did you have anything to add, Alicia? Yeah, I think there's that... Um we're, we're with all you guys in spirit and thank you to everybody who's going out and protesting and um, raising awareness for the things that have been kept silent for far too long. And although we can't be there with you, we will continue to fight first to fight um, for people who don't have voices here in Chile and in any solidarity possible that, you know, that we can offer. Absolutely. And uh, there are things that people can do, uh, other gringos who are living in the United States, in the, even Chileans. If, there's a lot of people that have been wanting to support the movements that are happening in the U.S. There are a lot of um, bail funds that you can donate to. There's also some funds in which provide safety equipment to protesters, also food because a lot of times there are people doing silent protests where they're sitting out all night and day um, in front of buildings and, and, and doing some things. So we're going to post some places that you can donate um, to those causes. But it's, it's, it's been really, <laughs> it's been a hard year. I mean, you know, there was October here in Chile where there was um, so, so much unrest and, and inequality being shown, and now this is happening in the U.S. I mean, what are you thinking about that, Alicia? Well, like you said, there are petitions to be signed, and there are funds to be donated to, but even if you don't, if you're limited on time and financial resources, you know that one racist family member that you have, or family members, plural, like, talk to them, open up a conversation, um, change starts with from within and you know whether that's a brother or an uncle or an aunt or anybody um it's okay to open up a conversation with them and, and you know um start there yeah i mean not only is it okay it's necessary it's it's past time so many of what my black friends have been saying on social media is call people out you know, for so long, it's hard because you just sit there at the dinner table with your racist aunt and you just let them go. And you might say like, yeah, Aunt Kathy or Karen or whatever. And you just let it go. It's no, 
as a as a as a white person, it is now your responsibility, or as a privileged person, it's now your responsibility to say, "Look, it's not okay. You can't say that. You can't think that way." And I'm not going to just sit by anymore and let you do that. And I think that that's an important lesson um, that I personally need to learn to do more often because for me it's really hard because I feel like this person's a waste of time. I'm never going to make a difference by saying like, no, you're wrong. Don't say that because they're never going to listen to me. But it, it doesn't matter. I have to still do it because it's my responsibility to, exactly. to be that voice. Yeah. And like, you know, when grandma speaks up at Thanksgiving dinner and says a racial slur, don't just say, oh, grandma, like you can voice it in front of the entire family at the table, you know, so that your little cousin sees that it's not okay. And now your grandma sees that it's not okay. Like you don't like, don't stay silent any longer. Um, also on a local level, you know, get more involved. I, I feel like there's so many people like think back home to my home community who probably couldn't name three police officers that worked in the city, you know, get involved. It's, it's your job to, you know, be responsible for your tax money and where that's going. So even if you, you know, vote, you can vote, you can volunteer at um, local nonprofits, you can show up for town hall meetings, because all of this has a direct impact on affecting the system on a local level, which trickles into the bigger systems. And that's how we're going to get change. You know, it's it, any way that you can show up, just show up. And it's history, it's history repeating itself. And obviously things have to change, period. And you've seen, when we were talking about local government or voting, we've seen some changes in the Chilean government recently, haven't we? Yes. So transitioning a little bit into news. Yeah, so there's actually been more cabinet reshuffles from Piñera. So, uh, weirdly enough, he's not removing the health minister Manjelic, which is weird because he has been criticized a lot for not being active enough and being proactive enough and trying to prevent the COVID that we are still experiencing. I heard today, Alicia, that this is not even the peak yet. Yep. So I hope that you have plenty of uh, patience left for your indoor living lifestyle. Hey, if you have any ways that you're really keeping yourself entertained besides listening to a fantastic podcast in your, in your home, send us an email at chillytodaypodcast at gmail.com. Share with us the joys uh, or the things you've learned. Um, have you cross-stitched Diego Portales on a stripper pole? If you have, please send us the picture because we want to see it. The original artwork, we will buy it from you. Oh, girl. Yeah. I mean, we support local artists. Heck, yes. 100%. Um, going back to Piñera and his cabinet reshuffle. Um, so he... Do, do, the change was triggered as a social, the social development minister, Sebastian Sichel, who's independent, was removed from government and asked to... Um, something. What? Oh, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> guys, sorry, I'm crying. Uh, he will be replaced by Christian Monkberg. Sounds very Chilean. Who uh, was the housing minister and is a member of the um, President's Renovación Nacional. 
uh, Felipe Ward, who's an Uli, will take uh, over for Mokin, Mokin, Mokberg. Okay. Ward, in turn, was the Secretary General of the Presidency, a job that Claudio Alvarado Uli will take. Wow. I think. Okay. So, basically, what that means is it's literally a reshuffling. It's just the same people being put into different roles. Sounds effective, yeah? Um, He wants to keep, it says here in this article that he's strengthening Chile Vamos, which is the coalition that Piñera is a part of, by removing Sichel. Um, And he believes that Alvarado would smoothen talks with the opposition. Um, But we'll see if that happens. This, it just seems like this is not the first reshuffle Piñera has had even in the past year. I don't know. It just seems like appeasement to me, but who am I to say I'm drinking lots of root beer. So, you know, I'm getting a little tipsy. It's like when you play Uno and you reshuffle the cards, but it's still like the same shitty, like draw four cards. Right. Just keep- yeah. And you only have 10 cards. So you already know <laughs> 10 ministers, 10 cards. So yeah, it's, ugh. it just seems like there's so much the world is a shit fire right now, and I would just like the president of either Chile or the U.S. to do something productive right now. But people are watching, though. People are attentive. People, people are calling, um, you know, people are calling politicians out. They're calling actors out, police officers out, citizens out. They're calling yeah. influencers out. We're going to see yes. some significant change this year. You know, and I'm so excited for that. Heck yeah. Um, it's going to be rough. Like we're, we're all feeling it in some way. Uh, but I truly believe that with the power of the internet and the fact that more people have a voice now than ever, we have proof, right? Like I'm going to videotape you if you're being a piece of shit. Absolutely. Um, and also in some areas, um, crime is also on the rise. So Chile is traditionally the safest country in all of Latin America. Um, however, right now people are feeling pretty unsafe just with COVID-19. And um, assaults are actually on the rise. So authorities report that because of the restrictions and because people are feeling financial strains um, in several districts, assaults have increased significantly. Nationwide, however, crime has decreased. Uh, But the the Ministry of Interior reports that certain districts in the metropolitan region, the number of robberies and burglaries have jumped dramatically. And the public sense of insecurity is increasing as well. Um, however, overall, crime in the metropolitan region has actually decreased this year. Um, it's actually decreased by about 14% um, between January and May 2020. So far, there are nearly 170,000 crimes registered, and that's approximately 28,000 less than, there in, than during the same period in 2019. And I mean, people aren't really allowed to go outside. So that's contributing to those numbers. However, local authorities dispute these numbers as an undercount because many crimes are going unreported during the pandemic because police are not always available to take reports. Um, Actually witnesses firsthand, my coworker's car was sitting outside of a location um, downtown and someone came by and just took the mirror off of it. It was on video and everything and called the police and the police showed up about three hours later, and it was actually kind of comical. 
Um, he just kind of like glanced at his report and glanced at the car and then glanced back at his report and looked at us and he was like, well, the car is still there. So really there's nothing I can do. He's like, it's just a mirror. He's like, if the car was gone, we could do something. And he's like, if the car was gone, we would do something. Uh Uh-huh. So, I mean, like, I guess just like take the wheels, take the mirror, heck, take the windshield. But as long as you leave the car, nothing's going to happen. Um, what, what constitutes the car? Like, for a human, as long as your, like, brain is working, you're still alive. So if there's still an engine, if you can still start the engine, it's still a car? What, what is, is this? I need to know. Yeah, they didn't really go into details because they were quick to go off to the next thing that they weren't going to really give attention to. Um, but in gonna general... Go bully people, going to go bully people for giving clothes to immigrants. Right. Right. Oh, that is a thing. They were not nice. Like the cops that were out guarding. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Um, so this is happening primarily in lower income districts. So we're seeing that spike increase. Um, and that's where the economic impact of the crisis has been the most severe. In, right. in Makul, assaults increased by 22% in the last four weeks. In yeah. Pedro Aguirre, I hope I didn't murder that, uh, Aguirre Cerda, there was a 1,000% increase in assaults. And in Lo Espejo, burglaries jumped by 40%. That, that's, yeah. in, that's a lot. Um, nationwide, compared with last year, like we said, crime has dropped. Um, but we're still very aware that there is more assault and burglary. Burglary. Burglaries. Burglaries on the rise um, as the most common crimes. But cybercrime is on the come up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, people don't have food. They don't have jobs anymore. Like, I mean, it's just, it's just true that when the when people are in more dire straits, they're going to be more desperate and more willing to do what they need to do to provide for their for themselves and for their family. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, if I was on the street and I had no food and I had a child, you better believe I would be like, I'm gonna go steal some beans, like you know. I, I just would. Is that ma- I don't think that makes me a bad person. I'm going to steal me some beans. That was one of – we talked with a couple of the neighbors um, of the location downtown where I work, and that was their response because we questioned them. We're like, hey, can you, like, help us find this guy? We just want our mirror back. Like, we're not – we just want the mirror back, you know? Um, and they were like, you know what? Honestly, like, you came to our neighborhood – we feel like you have more than we do and it's our right like to ask you to share your wealth. And I think that while they do have a point, like let's open up a conversation and how can we work together to like to spread that wealth? Because like some of the reports that I was seeing, people are being held up by gunpoint, people are getting beat up. So while I do think that yes, if your family is starving, feed them however you can, like the violence is very alarming. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think it's in general just desperation and people being unable to mentally figure out how to deal with that desperation because they feel, I mean, here, I am not a psychologist, okay? I've just read a couple of cool articles on the internet, but I, I, I feel like, please don't ever take anything I say as grain of salt is what I'm trying to say. But I, I feel like that when you get to a certain level of desperation, there is a it, – it gets harder and harder to figure out where that line is of morality um, 
and it just becomes about survival. It, 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 the, the, how does the ceiling mirror impact this other person no longer enters into the equation? It's okay. Opportunity, this opportunity equals money, which equals food or which equals comfort, you know? And so it's hard. It's really hard. It's, you know, it's hard. We've also seen some folks who are committing these crimes, but then they're taking the stolen goods and either exchanging them for food or money and putting that back into their communities. Um, Yeah. yeah, So they're essentially like these Chilean Robin Hoods and they're taking from the wealthy and redistributing to the people who don't have jobs and the kids who aren't getting education right now and to the people that can't eat or get lunch. Um, And these people are actually winning over the locals, you know, um, yeah. Some of it is because they genuinely want to help these people. Uh, some of it is to inspire loyalty. Some of it is to keep silence, you know, and it's just like, hey, like, yeah. we'll help you and out. It's so bittersweet, this whole situation, because, he- like, it makes me think, like, ah, community support is so cool and amazing, but, like, if the government would just be that piece of the puzzle you wouldn't have all of these like ethical conversations coming to the equation like okay they're stealing from the rich to literally feed the poor with soup kitchens but then they're stealing which is ethically wrong but look if the government had stepped in and had been like here is food but not just like enough food to like take a picture of and put in the newspaper like we're helping but the amount of food that these people literally (laughs) need to live then you wouldn't you know, it would it would take that sort of ethical question off of the table. But, you know, as you said, is this to garner, to like to get loyalty towards these people? I mean, it, oh, it, it is. Sure. It is developing loyalty towards these people. Because look, if I'm, if I'm poor and I have no food and I have no money, yet Robin Hood over here with his sexy green tights is giving me, is giving me food twice a day. And I'm going to be like, you know, Heck with the government. Heck yeah with the sexy tights. Yeah, I'm like the government hasn't been robbing people for generations anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so a couple of interesting developments, though, throughout all of this. Um, drug lords are using Rappi to deliver oh drugs. Oh, my God. I think it's so smart. I'm just like, yeah, like that's really oh my God. That's ingenious, you know, it's because the drug dealers are stuck at home because I guess you can't apply for like a work permit. <laughs> Wait, I mean, I don't uh, think you can apply for a work permit for drugs either way, Alicia. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure not, but we'll look into that for you guys. Um, but the Rappi drivers, they have permissions to work and there's Rappi, um, what is it, Rappi Favor? And they don't ask what goes in their bag. They don't ask. You just point A to point B. But we're living in the future. I wasn't super stoked on was that um, the government has been putting up hundreds of new cameras and drones, and they're like, "It's for your safety." But like, good investment. Not in La Pintana. Like, let's not invest in some soups for La Pintana. Let's invest in some more cameras. More cameras. Like you're living in a surveillance state. Yeah, like constantly surreal. There's drones that are flying around the house most time, most yeah. nights. They put up this weird balloon thing in the sky that has cameras, but yet there's people that are starving. They didn't care at all about the Bolivians, the Peruvians, the Venezuelans, the, Venezuelans, the pregnant no. women with their children who are out on the streets and they were 
caballeros that they were just guarding these people not to help them but to make sure that they got to be never gonna nail that <laughs> just so you know you're gonna be correct you're, you're calling them gentlemen uh, <laughs> there gentlemen out there <laughs> they should be gentle that's what i mean yeah no it's it's so frustrating i mean i really I, that's what i think really breaks my heart about a lot of politics is that I can, on a logical level, understand political differences. You know, I, I can say like, okay, look, I really don't agree with you of the way in which you think we sh- you should uh, do this thing with that resource, okay? Um, and it could make me mad. Okay, cool. But what I can't understand is how somebody cannot want to help feed people like i don't understand that like you you actively know oh and it brings back okay yeah so manjelich said like what was it last week that he quote had like no idea that people were as poor as they were I in kn- shocking that those words came <laughs> out of his mouth and then pinero was like no no no, we know and i'm like actually i don't know what's worse like manjelich actually admitting that he actually had no clue or pinero being like no we know we just don't care <laughs> like, I, <which> is worse. <laughs> and I was shocked how like you and I are foreigners and we know you and I are foreigners and we see it. And like, I, mm. they just live in a different, like they live in their, we've always said like they live in their bubble and they never leave their bubble. Right. But wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Did you just take a swig of hot sauce? No girl. I would though. Not opposed to it. I just have some, it's a Chilean brand. It's living juice. It's good. Oh, okay. I thought you, I literally thought you just like, like I was talking about Manuel and you were like, I got to take a shot of this hot sauce. Hot sauce. No, just sauce. carrots. Carrots. Oh. Well, so there's that. And uh, speaking of the government, so more in the news, the government is moving forward with trying to um, reform some of its intelligence agencies. The executive branch is prioritizing a bill, um, which was originally created in response to the October uh, protests. Um, But it is, and it's been moving slowly because of, you know, obviously COVID, but now they're trying to prioritize it, which really this doesn't seem like a really great time to prioritize it, but whatever. So the bill seeks to modernize the SIE and create an advisory board that reports directly to and is headed by the president and several other ministers. It'd be made up of the National Intelligence Agency and different police forces, army intelligence, tax services, and customs. and. What it basically does, it would, it would allow for the deployment of armed forces without the need to have uh, the state of exception, um, which would mean they could use their army intelligence for anything that they deem or the president deems is a, quote, threat to public order, which, of course, a lot of people find this very controversial, especially the opposition who is... Um, not only against this, believing that it gives much too, way too much military power uh, to the president, um, but also that it's irresponsible to be focusing on this right now. Um, and actually, Maya Fernandez of the Socialist Party tweeted, it's regrettable that the president still doesn't understand what the priorities are in Chile. 
Um, and then the Chilean Human Rights Commission was also on social media and said, quote, the contents of the proposed modification seem to create uh, seem to be created to ensure that the current system um, could stop and neutralize the October 18th protest and not to create modern intelligence system needed for the 21st century. So there's that. It, it's just been a rough few weeks, guys. So that's why we have for you planned a really, really fun cultural section. Because today, Alicia, tell them what we're talking about. We're talking about Chilean aliens. Aliens. Chilealians. Chilean. <laughs> Chileans. Wait. Chilealians. Chilean. This extra tri- extra terrestrials. No. Ah, no? uh, no. yeah. <laughs> extra terrestrial. Ah, uh, okay. So, um, Alicia, you're gonna start. Tell me about your ch- chilestrials. Oh yeah, my chilestrials, my chilealians. So, Chile is often mentioned as the country with the highest recorded number of UFO sightings, Bethany. Due oh, to, wow. Yeah, it's low humidity, high altitude ridges, and clear skies with little pollution, not in Santiago, Chile has become a favorite among UFO seekers from around the world. In Love fact, it. the country has even launched the CEFAA, or the Committee for Studies of Anna, Anomalous, and Anomalous, oh God, Aerial oh, that's Phenomena. Good, right? That's yeah. good. Well, third time's a charm. And it's a government body which investigates UAPs, which are unidentified aerial phenomenon, <coughs> UFOs, under the control of the Chilean Air Force. So we got the we got big eyes on this, man. They were like, wow, there are so many sightings that we're going to dedicate a government body to this. Hey, hey, hey. You know what? The U.S. has the Space Force now, so eat that, Chile. Moving <laughs> on. So the first little bit of information on Chileans that I'd like to tell you about um, originates in San Clemente. So in San Clemente, Chile is considered to be the unofficial UFO capital of the entire world. Researchers say that hundreds of UFO sightings have been reported there, as many as one per week. Oh my God, you're holding, she's holding up a picture of the United States Space Force. It ha- <laughs> I think it's like a Star Trek logo. It is a Star Trek logo! Incredible. <laughs> you know some dude that was like hired for the art of that was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do the Star Trek thing. The next generation is all that matters. Yes. Okay, sorry to interrupt again. No, it's totally fine. It's all related. Um, so this is so popular. San Clemente is so popular um, that the area um, – was declared by the Chilean Tourism Board as the official, they, they made an official UFO trail in 2008. So they were like, this place is great. It needs a trail so that you can walk on it and maybe see aliens. It's a 19-mile trail. It runs through the oh Andes gosh. Mountains, and it covers sites where close encounters have been reported. So included in the experience are the Kombun Lake, and that's proved popular with UFOs because of its high mineral content. Um, UFOs like minerals, maybe. Aliens love minerals, mineral lovers. Um, and it also has like little areas and signages that highlight historic sightings. But the trail's musty location is the El Inladriado. Mm, 
Yes, that one. I believe and you. It is a huge, bizarre, flat area. It's formed by 200 perfectly cut volcanic blocks that were reportedly laid by ancient civilizations. And we're going to go ahead and pop a picture of that up in the post this pop week. It. Along awesome. with the Space Force. I didn't badge. know exactly what they were talking about. Oh, that's going to be on there too. Don't worry. Make a note. <laughs> Pinguino, can you make a note for us? Thank you, <laughs> Pinguino. Um, and it's in this dry desert area, and there's these big slabs of volcanic blocks, and they're pretty flat. It's, I mean, it's impressive. Um, and that's apparently where aliens used to land with their ships. It's a big alien landing oh. pad. Like um, maybe crop they can circles, park but all of those airplanes that they're not using there right now. Ah, okay, um, nice. Uh, and it takes four hours to get there on horseback only. And yeah, apparently it's worth the travel because it is a remarkable sight, Bethany. So it has to be horseback because there's no real roads. Oh, so it's not like an exclusive like. Aliens only like horses. You can't use a mule or something like that. It's just, it has to be, it ha- <laughs> because there's no roads. I don't know. Maybe they do love horses. They love mineral <laughs> water. They love horses. Because <laughs> apparently you can lay down 200 perfectly cut volcanic blocks, but not cement. So <laughs> you can't make your own roads. Because then people would know about where we're going. There are no roads. No. Pinguino got the reference. (laughs) That's amazing. That I actually want to do that. I'm not a I'm not an alien believer or no, I don't know. I'm not I don't have any alien experiences. I think aliens make just as much sense, if not more sense, than most things that people believe in. Um, but I'd still go. I'm down. Yeah. If you have time in uh, your week. You could just go down the Joe Rogan alien rabbit hole. Oh my it's an adventure, my friend. Oh my god. Well, I was curious what you had for aliens. Oh, uh, for my stories. Yeah. Okay, so I have two things. I've I have two things, computer. Okay, so the first one is that for a long time, they thought that they had found an alien in the Atacama Desert. And we're going to put a picture of this up because it's legit scary. Like it's if I saw this thing, it's fascinating. Um, so it's like this little short, it's like what you envision an alien to look like. Little short mummy, irregular shaped skull, and it had 10 ribs, which is weird because, you know, adult human people have 12 ribs and right and the structure of the skull was different and its hands and feet were not fully formed so um a lot of people a lot of scientists were trying to figure out what is this thing and a lot of people said it's an alien and for this was discovered in 2003 for years people were trying to figure out what it is and different people have theories some paleoanthropologists thought it might have been a human fetus that was born prematurely and died after birth, but that didn't really make sense with the structure of the skeleton. Another hypothesis is that um, it was a human with a combination of some genetic disorders as well as being a fetus that was aborted before terms, before term. And then another uh, scientist said that it could have been a... Um, some sort of uh, being with some sort of dwarfism. 
so a lot of different uh, theories here. So um, there was a DNA analysis, and they found that the haplotype, which is, I guess, part of DNA, identified that it did have human genetics that were associated with different geographical regions around the globe, but not from South America, which is another really weird thing because it was supposed to be like an ancient skull thingy. So it's, it's, it's really weird. Nobody really knows what it is. Like I said, a lot of scientists are claiming like, oh, we figured it out. Not an alien. Ha ha. I mean, it could be something we just don't know about. It could be, you know, a human with some sort of disabilities, def deformations. It, we really don't know. Um, th there is no evidence that it has any actual skeletal anomalies that we know of. So it could be our first real alien found on Earth, found right up in, the, in our Chile. Or it could be a young person that really had it rough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to think about that. I'd rather think about it's an alien. It's definitely an alien. I mean, if you look it's at that thing, alien. it's an alien. I mean, Dude. I've done zero DNA tests, but it's an alien. <laughs> I mean, hey, scientists can't agree, and scientists always agree, so there you go. It's an alien. It's an alien. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> other. Yeah, they can't agree 100%, the only other option. Yeah. I have another UFO story that is from Chile, or do you want to go next? No, 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 no. I, you're on a roll, and I'm loving oh, it. Oh, okay, okay. So this one... I got a lot of this information, just I thought this is important to throw in there at the time I wrote this, and I don't know why. I got a lot of this information from popularmechanics.com, and this happened in 2019, so last year, and chiletoday.cl actually has an article about it, um, so I got some information from theirs too. So uh, residents of Chilo, the island of Chiloé in southern Chile were startled to see several bright red objects fly across the sky. These objects were flaming, and they struck, struck the ground and sparked a number of small fires. Originally, they had no idea where they came from, but the government has released some support that said, um, that said they could not have been meteorites, which is what a lot of people thought they were. And um, this woman, Bernadita Ojeda, a resident of Chiloé, described in, uh, on Channel 2 News how the thing that is apparently not a meteorite struck her property and sparked a small fire in a bush um and then the national Ge Ge geology and mining services came and released a report concluding that the um, that once again in agreement with the chilean government that these were not meteorites they visited the impact sites and um analyzed soil samples um, some Chilean experts, like astrophysicist Jose Massa, suggested that they could have been um, space debris, uh, like from satellites or something that had been in space that had struck the Earth. Um, it wouldn't be the first time something like this had happened. For example, in 2018, a booster from the Chinese Long March 3B rocket uh, broke down and then landed on the Earth, um, exploding and landing in China. Um, and then 
the uh, Jonathan McDowell of the Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics tweeted that he believed the objects were likely um, relevant space debris candidates. Um, and of course, other people have said that these were aliens. Right. So either it was space trash or we have ourselves some space treasure. And an interesting thing is these sightings happened one, uh, wait, hold on. Ah, one month after people were trying to raid Area 51. <gasps> See? Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Also, do you ever worry about meteorites when you're flying in an airplane? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> me neither, Bethany. I've yeah. never thought of that while flying in a plane. That's the furthest thing from my – I think about birds hitting the engine. I think right. about a lot of other scary scenarios, but I've never thought about a meteorite while I was flying. Also, okay, if this thing crash-landed, whatever this was that set the lady's bush on fire, um, <laughs> the yeah, outdoor no. bush. <laughs> okay. The, the bush in her garden. Um, <laughs> got set up. In her love garden? No, You're no. You're I really am. Oh, God. It's getting worse. In her victory garden. Okay. And, but, okay, so I'm just saying, like, if a meteor crashes into Earth, the meteor's still there, right? They find a little meteorite, and people are like, oh, like, there's a big hole. So where did the object go that crashed? They say it burned up. Like, okay, likely story. But also, how could it be an alien? That's what I'm, like, the, like, okay, so these things crashed on Earth. But I don't... But I can't. If it was an alien, what would what part of the alien would it be? Maybe it it made a mistake, and we it, all make mistakes, Alicia. Right? Aliens also <laughs> probably make mistakes, and so it gets into the Earth's atmosphere, and it's like, oh no, I can't breathe or something. I don't know. And then the spaceship goes down. And it's like, okay, okay. I'm just saying something would be left saying. over. Like maybe it wasn't like a little like pew. And he, like, landed, right? I'm thinking maybe his, like, ship, and he's like, mayday, mayday, and, like, uh, then, you know, I don't know, then he crashed, it's done. Okay, that is a, that is a theory. That, that's a theory that Alicia has. It I have no idea. It has been 100% proven wrong. <laughs> that is true. You are a scholar. You are quite the scholar. Bethany, I'm so excited to invite you on a vacation to <gasps> Friendship Islands. Yeah, ah! mind. You would not like that. You would not like it there. But I'm Friendship sure Island. Friendship Island. What is this? Doesn't it sound amazing? It's oh, one I want to go. The most controversial sites and cases in Chilean ufology. Ufology. Mm. Ufology? I don't know. It's a new word for me. New word for all of us. Um, it's a place where scientists, aliens, or a religious sect with supernatural powers, or just regular people, or made-up people, has a congregation <laughs> that helps to heal people. Okay. So, <laughs> there's no certainty about its location, but it's rumored that its remains are in, or maybe not remains, could still be functioning, and it's invisible, are in the- What if it's not an island at all? What if it's a spaceship? Exactly, Bethany. I, you're getting on board. But I th it's, it's, re it's supposed to be in the Aysen region. Is that correct? It's A-Y-S-E-N. 
Isin region. So Isin? rumors suggest that it would be close to the Tronos or um, the Galletas. Galletas. Mm-hmm. Arca- galletas? <gasps> yep. I love galletas. Yes, Bethany, thankful for you. Um, beans would have, they, they've announced earthquakes, they predicted natural disasters, and they predicted the fall of the Challenger. Whoa. What? Witnesses who have seen them said they look like they're human of Nordic descent, but that they're definitely extraterrestrial. They're also said Germans. to... Well, maybe. Could be Nazis. Also, could be right? Nazi aliens. There are a lot of possibilities. Um, they're rumored oh to speak gosh. in Spanish, but with a gringo accent. Um, and But they name themselves after the archangels, um, like Raphael Miguel. I don't remember the Miguel yeah. angel. In Michael. The Bible, but sure. Yeah, Michael. Michael. Ah, there we are. Um, and Ariel. The famous island is rumored to be inhabited by men, women, and even children of different ethnicities who have been invited to live there for having a special genetic code. When the story of Friendship Island was first published, a wave of speculation and theories began to circulate, a.k.a. like a game of telephone. Um, some argue that it was all a mental experiment. Others say that it's at the hands of the Nazis. Um, mm. And others believe that extraterrestrial beings lived on the island and that they chose the southern tip of Chile as the base of their operations on Earth. And really, who could blame them? Absolutely gorgeous. No one's going to bother you. And there's penguins. Um, the case penguins. is based on alleged radio communications between some people with the inhabitants of an unknown island. Um, Friendship Island, located in southern Chile, and this all happened supposedly in the 1980s. Like, what wasn't happening then, you know? Um, right. In 1983, Chilean Ernesto de la Fuente declared that he had communicated with the inhabitants of Friendship Island. So he started this communication because he had a little hobby radio, or he, he was a radio, he was amateur radio broadcaster probably similar to podcasting where you just speak and hope that someone's listening um in 1983 de la fuente began to have a friendly relationship with these beings and or nazis and became involved with in their psychic tests so this guy was like a chimney because he smoked 50 cigarettes per day insane um and he wow. ended up developing lung cancer no so- shit yeah, that's who would have guessed the biggest mystery in this entire story. Um, this led him to accept an invitation from Friendship Island to be healed there. So they were like, hey, man, sorry about the lung cancer. We can come heal. We can heal you if you come over here. And he's like, yeah, I have lung cancer, so I'm going to die anyway. I'll just go. Um, but he stated that the community, like once he arrived there, the community healed him of his lung cancer. And to this day, it's one of the most controversial and enigmatic stories on the subject. What? Um, right. He described the people of being, like, children or between uh, the ages of 35 and 55 years old. It was, like, kind of hard to tell. Their hair was dark blonde. They had light eyes, and their skin was slightly tan. And he said that they were very tall compared to average Chileans. He also said that they had a very peaceful aura about them. So they were, like, these tall, very... German. So, yeah, it's very confusing. Very much pointing towards some like Nazis that were hiding out on an island who were like That's what I was animals. thinking. Anytime right. somebody's like, and then and then in 1952, they came on a boat from Germany. I'm like, Nazis. 
Nazis, yeah, Nazis, yeah. Nazis, Nazis. What, what, every just, single time. Nazis, just Nazis. <laughs> but and they immigrated to Argentina or the south of Chile. And like okay, eh, Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Um, but these are his so we actually went and visited. Apparently, these beings healed him. And they these are his words. This is how he described the place. So they would go up a precarious rusty iron ladder. They climbed the jetty. I don't know what a jetty is, which was more than two meters above their heads. There was loud thunder and hail was falling. The surface of this jetty was flat, concrete, and without rails. Um, there was a home. It was small, had a wooden door. There was a hut connected to it and a cliff wall that's over 15 meters high. How many feet is that? Who could say? The whole place looked abandoned, um, and there were large ferns and greens. So basically, it's like this old abandoned house. Um, there's lightning and thunder, like great movie scene, right? Um, right. There were metal shelves on this thing. He ended up. Going Did he just to- copy this from an episode of Lost? I, I've never seen Lost, but that's kind of funny. I have no idea. <laughs> um, or they just based it off a story. They, so go. apparently they entered a large dressing room. There were individual cubicles. Everything was white except for some aluminum trimmings. Everybody was given this aluminum box where they could put their clothes and personal items. Also kind of sounds like prison. Um, he was was a, he just he, put in prison? Was he put in like an, 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 an asylum somewhere? And they were like, hey, you're right. going to Friendship Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just for a few months. You'll be Uncle fine, Fuentes. buddy. The Fuentes, or whatever his name was. Heal you. <laughs> um, he had just bought a watch, and so he tried to hold on to that. They're like, no, no, you can't keep your watch. Again, just really sounds like an institution, like you said. So then he was taken into a shower, had a frosted glass door. Uh, that's, that was his explanation of where he was. He said that he lived in a small room. He enjoyed the temperature because living in Chiloé, it is cold as balls there. And is so it Chiloé? Oh, he's from Chiloé. Yeah, he's from Chiloé. So oh, I don't okay, think I said okay, that before. Okay. But you, you got it. Which is good I got it. I got it. Um, and so they kept it at like a nice 20 degrees Celsius. He said it was a luxury he had absolute freedom of movement among the facilities. But the thing that struck him as weird is everything was run by a computer, which was strange because by now it was 1989, but everything was completely controlled electronically. There was even a heated pool, three large greenhouses, satellite television. And he was like, how did you pay for all this, right? My theory is, again, Nazis, lots of stolen goods. But he <gasps> yeah, said, Nazi gold. Nazi, yeah, gold. And, but he said that they had a mine on the island that they would mine. Um, Apparently, a few years ago, contact with the supposed inhabitants of this island was lost. I mean, maybe with technology, if they were aliens, they were like, oh, no, people are going to find us. Okay, bye. Um, yeah, exactly. And then, and they, then they aired Lost, and they were like, <laughs> <laughs> somebody wrote our story. We must leave. <laughs> um, but even the Navy has made attempts to find this place, right? No one can find it. Even they had exact coordinates, and they don't find anything when they show up, so... For less alien-related news and stories, you can visit chillytoday.cl. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at chillytodaypodcast on, yeah, on Instagram. Um, and we'd love to hear and- from you. If you have ideas for any upcoming stories or news tips, or even if you want to just tell us your favorite personal UFO sighting, we're all ears. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have... Um, if you have a ufo sighting hey look email us we'll read your crap on i mean your great stuff on the podcast 
We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions about immigration, if you have any questions about what's going on right now in Chile, anything like that that you can't find on the chiletoday.cl, we can get you those answers. We can put them on the podcast because the thing is, if you have a question, hundreds of other gringos also have that same question. Or if you want us to talk about a specific topic, hit us up. We're also on Facebook. We're going to post all those thingies that we talked about before um, on our social media. So, yeah, follow us. Tell your friends about us. Uh, we're nice, I promise. We don't bite too hard. Mm-mm. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and don't try to rationalize politicians' decisions. Never. Bye. Bye.